Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Rugby League Daily Podcast, new season. So this is season two, episode one, and today we have me, Nathan Farrer, and my very trusted co-host, Callum Linford, and we will be going through our predictions for Championship and League One, and we'll also be reacting to the League Promotion and Newcastle Thunder, respectively. So first, we're going to introduce Callum. Hello, how are we? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. And then we're going to dive straight in, mate. So first of all, Callum, you're a League One fan yourself. You support the mighty Workington Town, I believe. So um, can I get your initial reaction to Newcastle Thunder's promotion, mate? Do you think it was justified on the basis of what the RFL wanted from a team from League One to go up? And how do you feel they'll do? Yeah, um, to be fair, I do. I think it was justifiable. They've they've had a fair few cracks of the whip and come on strength by strength on a yearly basis. They're doing great things over in the northeast now with in terms of, you know, academy, uh reserves set up, etc. Going into the community and really trying to, to put rugby league on the map in the northeast. So yeah, it's a great appointment. How I think we'll do, um I think and I mean this is this is no Criticism of Eamon O'Carroll whatsoever. I think they'd have been better in the championship with Simon Finnegan, personally. But, again, no criticism of Eamon O'Carroll. If he goes and does the job there, then he's a hero. If he doesn't, it's it's one of them. But, no, uh, in terms of league position, I reckon they'll be mid-table, anywhere from about ninth to sixth. All right, mate. Well, uh, my initial reaction, obviously, I'm a Halifax fan, so we... Um... Yeah, we're really interested in who were coming up, obviously. So, um, in my point of view, I believe it was the right appointment. There were a few teams that were there and ready. Um, Workington were a strong favourite, Barrow as well. But Newcastle Thunder, ultimately, they've they've got the money, haven't they? So, it's definitely their shot. So, they've been in there before, as Gate said. Um, I feel that they'll definitely they'll give some teams a go. I don't see them finishing any higher than six yourself. So we'll dive straight in with League One predictions. Now we've got full table predictions here. So um, do you want to start with our bottom four? Um, yeah, you can do. I mean, bottom four, it's it's going to be a, a lot more of an open league than what it has been for a long, long time. Um, you know, you've got the likes of West Wales Raiders who, you know, have been whipping boys for a long time and have gone and signed Rangi Chase from Doncaster former Man of Steel uh, certainly will help them along the way a lot of the score lines that they've had blowouts on to me have just been a case of they've had no no man management on the pitch um, and nobody ready to guide them so I think Rangi will do a great job there you've then got the likes of Gavin uh don't give a penalty away at all on the pitch because if he's anything like he was in his union days, he'll kick you to death. And the the couple of army lads that's come in that uh, if you watch the the Challenge Cup in the early rounds of this year, you'll have seen one of them playing for the army nearly broke somebody in half. So I believe I remember yeah. that hit. Yeah, <laughs> I simply think West Wales will be will be better than bottom. Uh, that position I think will be taken by Coventry. For the simple reason of they're in somewhat of a transitional period, they've they've gone down a different route in terms of coaching, uh, and you know they've got uh, Richard Squires now as as coach. He's took over from Tom Sam, 
Um, and then you've got Dave Scott, who's come down from Batley yeah. to to become a player coach at, at Coventry. So, yeah, I think it'll be more of a transitional period for them. Do I think it'll be a, a whipping season for either side? Not necessarily. Uh, next on the list, we've got London Broncos, uh, Biggie Farden, London Scholars. Again, go very well at home to London. Don't travel so well, which is understandable. You know, that four or five hours away from their nearest and dearest. But I think with London, they've been heavily reliant on, on dual registration. Um, and obviously that's getting scrapped this year. Yeah. So to me, I think London will be possibly in that, finish that bottom four off. Yourself? Uh, myself, mate. So in 10th place, I've got the Crusaders. Um Personally, from what I see, I don't keep my eye on League One as probably much as I should do. I have not seen many signings coming out of them, so I can't see them really challenging. But again, like you said, mate, I don't see many teams in League One being whipping boys like we've seen over the recent years. It will be, especially coming back after a year out, a very strange, close-knit season where any pro- anyone can probably beat anyone. So 10th, I've got Crusaders. 9th, Coventry. Yet yeah, same reason as you, mate. Very transitional period. New coaching staff, it always happens. You've just got to get your feet under the table, haven't you, and crack on with it. So they might go well, they might not. It's all predictions at the end of the day. Eighth, I've got Scholars, the exact same reason as yourself. Cracking team at home, poor on the road, you can, especially when your closest team is five hours away. And seventh, I've gone for a surprise. I've put West Wales there. I, like you said, man management was probably the onset to their downfall. They never really had a true leader on the pitch. So Rangi is a huge signing. Nobody saw it coming. He was flying high with Doncaster, to be fair, in League One. They made it to uh, a grand final, didn't they? Did they make it to the grand final? They were very prominent in the playoffs anyway. I can't quite remember. It's been a been a long nine months. So, yeah, definitely. That's my bottom four. So, 10th Crusaders, 9th Coventry Bears, 8th London Scholars, 7th West Wales. So, we'll go 6th and 5th, mate, and then we'll round it off with a top four. Who have you got? Um, I've gone with Doncaster and Hunslet, and that literally could be in any position for those two sides. Uh, Hunslet in 2019, their home form was abysmal. Um, I think in the league, out of the 10 matches they played at home, they'd won something like four. Uh, and that was the you know the bottom sides that they'd beaten. They'd, they'd come up against the likes of Whitehaven, uh, Workington, you know, Doncaster, Keithley, and I think they've basically had the floor wiped with them in certain of these matches. Yeah. Having said that, they do travel well. Um, you know, one example of that is, you know, running Whitehaven very close, who won the league in, in 19 at the recreation down. They they run town close at Derwent Park for a long time and that's probably one of the long, two of the longest trips of the season for uh, for Unslip with them being in that sort of M62 corridor-esque area. Yeah. All Doncaster, right. for me, the, um, they've lost two big players um, in Rangi Chase and Watson Boas. I think it leaves a hell of a lot of pressure on, uh, on Matty Baharl and Jason Tarley. Whether they do break into the top four is anybody's guess. They're, they're more than 
in my opinion, they're more capable of it than Hunslet. Let's put it that way. Yeah, perfect. So I've gone with sixth, Keith Cougars. Um, a huge, huge, like, they're my second team in rugby league. Um, obviously, they've signed some brilliant players. They've got QLT through the door, Scott Morell. Absolutely love Scott Morell being a facts fan myself. Absolute club legend. Uh, so, yeah, again, you can have a transitional period when you get a coach, but when you get a revamp of a new team, sort of like, you know, five, six players coming in, it shakes the dynamic of your club up. And just if they can gel and get going properly, I don't believe League One start training until January, you see. So, yeah, I feel like, it, again, for Keith, it's transitional and, and they'll go so well, maybe tail off towards the end of the season. They've signed a few older boys, fitness, keep them. If they can keep them fit, mate, there's no no reason why they can't break that top four. But going on the spectrum of a season, I, I think they'll finish mid-table sixth. Um, fifth, I've gone with Doncaster. Very similar reason to yourself. Losing Rangi Chase and Boas are two instrumental signings and like you say mate if you leave one of the, the the remaining players you take one of them out of the equation say one gets injured what are you going to do then you're going to probably have to bring in somebody on loan doesn't know the team dynamic and then and then maybe they'll just tail off again I think they can go well and there's no reason why Doncaster can't make the top four but for now I'm just going to leave them at a steady fifth place so um, we'll go into the top four now who have you got from fourth from, to first, yeah, from fourth from to first. fourth to first. I've gone uh, fourth, Keith Lee. Um, they had a 12-point deduction at the start of the 19 season and uh, halfway through it to sort of the, the, the last quarter of that season, I think if you'd have took that minus 12 off, they'd have been second in the league, only behind Whitehaven on um, points difference, i.e. goals, uh, tries scored and conceded. Yeah. They they travel very well. Um, Cougar Park is a fortress for them. You know, you think you've got them beat, and then all of a sudden, two tries in the space of five minutes, and <laughs> they come down that hill. <laughs> that hill, yes, that un, un uh, that unrecognisable hill now at uh, at Cougar Park. Now it's had its uh, revel- redevelopment, but no, the uh, they do the travel very well. Um, I think. For Keithley, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of fourth and third with Keithley here with Rochdale. Um, I think, though, the problem with Keithley is we've seen them at the early part of the 2020 season up at Derwent Park and kept them scoreless for the better part of 80 minutes. I think it was the 80th minute that they actually scored in. They have all the credentials to be a great team. They've got the likes of Jake Webster, you know, Brendan Sandy, as you've said, Scott Morell. Quentin Lalo Tonga guy. Um, but they just they seem to lack something in that last sort of 10 metres. Whether it's a case of Town's defence on the day was on point or, or what, I'm not too sure. But watching the game against Rochdale again uh, off the Hour League app, uh, if you haven't got it, download it, select your favourite team. But watching that, you know, it, it just looked as if they were devolved of any sort of idea in that final sort of 10. Yeah, I, I think they've addressed that problem perfectly, mate. QLT can slot in anywhere. I've seen him at fullback at Fax. I've seen him in the halves at Fax. Obviously, he played fullback for Castleford as well. He brings mm. untenable experience. But not only that, mate, 
when when Fax lost Scott Morell, not only did we lose a very, very capable rugby player, but we lost, in my head, an irreplaceable rugby league brain. Um, he might not have the legs he did 10 years ago, but believe me when I tell you this, his brain is 10 yards quicker. And if he can get the players around him firing on all cylinders like he wants, they can probably cause problems. You know, I've put them sixth, mate, but like I said, there is no reason. If they keep that team fit, there's no reason why they can't go into challenging for anywhere in the top four well that's that's it exactly I think I mean again this is my personal opinion don't shoot the messenger um, with the likes of QLT and especially Scott Morell they've played in some very very good teams and they've been very very good uh, I noticed at Newcastle with QLT especially um, whether he wasn't getting played in his favourite position or not he, he seemed out of place a bit whether that's because it was, again, an artificial turf at Kingston Park or and he just couldn't adjust to it or, or what, I'm not too sure. But anyway, we shall see. They look very, very strong on uh, at home to Keithley. I don't see them losing a match at home. Wow, that's a shout. Keithley Cougars to go invincible at Cougar Park. Well, yep, so you've got third as Rochdale. Tell me about yeah. it. Yeah, um, Pretty much, you know, the same reason with as, as Keithley. They've got a, a few, a fair few old stages in that squad. Uh, Hopkins, you know, uh, Sean Penkovich, who still looks as if he's about twelve. What a uh, legend, facts legend. And you know, big baller himself, Fooey Fooey. You know, I genuinely do hope that them three do very well for for Rochdale. They they couldn't have been uh, better at work it, and they give hundred and ten percent every match they had. Uh, you know, won us a lot, a lot of matches. However, with this six again rule coming in, with them being, you know, near a side of 40, how much of the games will they play at Rochdale? That is my only concern for Rochdale. Are they going to go into matches against your likes of your Keithleys, your Doncasters, Barrows, Workitons, needing these players fit? for 80 minutes, knowing for a fact that they ain't going to be able to play these 80 minutes stints anymore. Yeah, very true. So, top two, I'm guessing, so it's Workington Barrow. I'm going to say your rugby league brain has spoken to you and you have put your beloved Workington Town second and Barrow top. Am I right? You are right. Yeah, go on then, tell me yeah. why. Barrow for me... Um, this is no disrespect to any other team in the league, uh, least of all, least of all, you know, Workington. But if they do not walk that league, there is some problems in uh, somewhere. You know, um, just rhyme off the tongue. Jamie Dallimore, Ben Harrison. If he's fit and can keep fit, he is huge. He's bigger than Sean Lunt, in my opinion, as a signing yeah. at Barrow. They've got the Warren brothers. They've managed to prize. Um, Jordan, I believe, from Huddersfield. Might be wrong there, but it's it's definitely they've definitely got both Warren brothers now. Um the only way I see Barrow struggling in that league is discipline. Yeah. If they give penalties away, like they did at the start of the twenty twenty season with the six again rule, they have a pack there that is huge. The likes of Carl Forster, Ryan Duffy. You know, Brad Crell and them sort of players. If you give too many penalties away to me, um, you know, but no, I, I think Barrow should walk that league. Uh, 
Fair just enough. Just down to the fact that the standard of player that they've got. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have gone with the top four of... So, from fourth to first, I've got Rochdale in at fourth, Workington in at third. I am sorry for my friend. I've got Hunslet second and Barrow first. So, I'll run through it. Rochdale, mate, the exact same as you. Very, very capable squad. New rulings coming in. Play towards a younger rugby player than they do the older one. Do I think Sean Penkovic can get up and go from a six again? Of course I can. Do I think Penkovic can do it reliably for the 80 minutes? That's your question. You've got to really, I think, in pre-season now more than ever, it's fitness, fitness, fitness from all teams because the rules will just play in hand to if you're fit enough and you're you know within four points or four points in front in that last 10 minutes, can you see it out or can you get that winning try? And if you're fit enough and you're going against a tired defence, It'll work. So I've gone for Rochdale fourth. Um, Workington third. Now, this is no disrespect to your boys. Um, I just I just feel like with most teams that are far away from the M62 corridor, that travel can be a problem. Now, I don't know personally if you travel poorly or not. I, I know you've been to Odsall and you've beat them Bradford Bulls there when they were there in 17. And I know you've got a fantastic squad, Bill, and especially under Thorman. What a quality coach. I just feel like with Hunslet being in that corridor and, you know, they play a majority of their matches within the corridor, but and then they've got to go London, a lesser team. If they can pick up away wins at Coventry and London and the Wales teams, then Playing, working and Barrow is really a free hit for Hunslet and I think they'll just pick up some good points away from home as well and at home. Um, so, yeah, first... I think we went 50% away, to be honest. 50%. Think- there. That's not a bad record. I can see Hunslet second over Workington and Barrow top formidable squad again with you if they don't walk league one there's something wrong the thing is when they come down they're retained and and that's a really important thing to do if you can come down from the championship and you can retain a good core of that squad that competed in the championship now they weren't the whipping boys of the championship they ran fat close twice to be honest i can't remember off the top of my head i think they might have beat us (laughs) but um yeah if they don't walk it there's something wrong so yeah from first to ten go on mate to be honest, I think Barrow were unlucky in the championship as opposed to, I think there was them, uh, Batley, Dewsbury and possibly Sheffield all on the same points. I think it was just the fact that Barrow had took a few hidings. Yeah. Uh, which relegated them along with Rochdale who were on about two points at the time. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Rochdale yeah. fans. They, they they took a hiding that year, did Rochdale, bless them. Um, but yeah, so wrap up from 1st to 10th. I've got Barrow, Hunslet, Workington, Rochdale, Doncaster, Keefley, West Wales Raiders. Um, no, yeah, West Wales Raiders, London Scholars, Coventry Bears and the North Wales Crusaders. Um, so yeah, promotion Barrow and I believe the playoff winners, the final will be contested between Hunslet and Workington in that order. And then it's anybody's guess on that day. For me, depending on where the final is played, I am going to go with... Workington Town promoted. So both Cumbrian outsets straight up into the championship for 2022. Yourself? So from top to bottom, um, Barra Raiders, Workington, Rochdale, Keithley, Doncaster, Hunslet, North Wales Crusaders, West Wales Raiders, London Bronco, uh, London Scholars, if you want to call them Broncos, and Coventry. 
lovely stuff and your promotion obviously so straight promote obviously the league uh, I've got a sneaking sneaking feeling that it's going to be a playoff final between Workington and Rochdale and I don't know why but I've got a sneaking sneaking suspicion that Pengovic is going to score a last minute winner and send Rochdale back into the championship wow bold claim there you Lovely stuff. So and that pains me to say it, but I can yeah. Imagine. So we'll move on from that. We'll get initial reaction from the impending news that we had on Monday. I believe it was that Lee Centurions have been promoted at Toronto Wolfpack's expense, and they are now playing Super League in 2021. So I'll take the lead with my opinion, being a Championship fan, a massive facts fan. So yeah, personally, I believe out of all the teams to go up on paper for me, it stood out. With the RFL getting rid of Toronto, well, Super League clubs getting rid of Toronto, that the RFL and the independent panel would still want some form of expansion in Super League. So for my standout favourites, York, London and the obvious one, Toulouse. Now out of them, I believe that Toulouse would have been the best bet. Sky would have absolutely lapped up a Catalan Toulouse derby. But you look at that sustainable category, can that team go into Super League and stay up? Travelling is the reason why Toulouse have never gone up from the eights or promotion through the playoffs. They've never topped championship whilst they've been back. To my acute memory, I don't believe they have. They've always been there. There were a time in 2017 they lost one at home. I believe they've gone 100% at home quite a few times as well. So, yeah. For me, Lee going up was a shock, but not only was it shock, it just plays brilliantly to the championship because Lee's squad was phenomenal. For To have that team playing in the championship, it's the same as Barrow. If they didn't finish top, there was something wrong. So Lee going up blows the championship wide open for me. Anybody can beat anybody in this league now and it is going to be so enthralling to watch and I employ anybody that is listening. Maybe you work for Sky Sports to to use the rights you have got and put championship on the telly every week because it is going to be such an exciting league and I cannot wait to get going in 2021. Well, how do I follow up from that then? Uh, <laughs> no, um, to me, um, Newcastle getting promoted to the championship was foregone conclusion. Um, the, the Super League race from the championship well all of them all of the clubs really had a valid claim didn't they you know um, no. No. Lee Centurion <laughs> have, have been there um, come down but didn't finish bottom of the league um, you know you've got Toulouse that can quite easily go you know 13 from 13 at home um, at the Ernest Wallen Gong Stadium whatever it is um, yeah, no, you've then got Featherstone that were uh, very unlucky beaten um, playoff finalists against Toronto in 2019. Yeah, you've got York who have this fantastic new stadium coming about. They've got the you know, they've got a great coach in James Ford and a brilliant backer in John Flatman, a very good squad. Um, who have we got next? Lee, you know, who did go up. They've got the the squad. They've got the the backing of, like, Sir Eddie Hemmings. And, you know, um, 
a stadium purpose built for the Super League, as they'll keep telling us. And then, of course, you've got uh, your favourite, I believe, uh, Bradford, you know, yes. who, to be honest, were probably the outsiders for it. Um, yeah, they'll fetch three or 4,000 if, it, if it's allowed, you know, to, to Leeds, Cass, Wigan, St. Ellen's, etc. But are they sustainable, you know, and get yourself on the proper sport and listen to the latest version and even, you know, one of the most die-hard supporters, reporters, uh, Michael Gledhill, Mick Gledhill himself, even said he didn't think that Bradford would have been sustainable in the Super League. So that just goes to show you there, you know, um, what you're dealing with. Personally, Lee wasn't a shock for me. Uh, having spoken to Derek Beaumont earlier in the week, it, you know, it, it when you see what they're doing there, uh, when you see the size of the squad, how stacked it is with X Super League and NRL, NRL. Um, players, you know, it's it's not a surprise that they've yeah. gone. However, does it blow the championship wide open? I tend to disagree. I, I think Toulouse should win the championship on the promise of Featherstone versus York is going to be no higher than 20 degrees in, you know, June, for example. Yeah. You you go to, say, you know, Widness versus Toulouse on the Mersey coast, it's going to be about minus five. You know, that's where Toulouse will struggle. You go to Toulouse versus you know, let's have a pick one. Newcastle in Toulouse, and it's going to be 34 degrees whether you're in June, August, or July. Yeah, so to I me, I think the acclimatisation for these players will be a problem, as it will be, uh, as it was rather, for the now defunct uh, Toronto Wolfpack. Yeah. Well, nah, I, just, I, I still disagree there, man. Toronto are a to, not Toronto. Toulouse were a fantastic team, mate. They are a fantastic team. They've got some players that can take you around. But you win 13 home games and obviously you stand out for, to finish top. But it's a completely different kettle of fish from playing in your luxury stadium in, in France to going badly away in the season's going to start in March. They get badly away in March, lad. It's, it, that is cold, believe me. So if, if they can win... You know, ninety percent of their home games and go fifty percent on the road. They'll they'll win it, but I don't think it'll be a walk. There are teams out there that are capable of going to France and winning. There are so many teams out there. The likes of Fev have done it. Fax did it in seventeen. York can turn up and beat them. I don't think they have yet. Um, the Bulls, Bradford Bulls are a team that obviously being a Fax fan, we've got a long-standing rivalry on the pitch. Have you really? I wouldn't have guessed. Oh, I never, would you? Um, no. So, all, to, ad, to admit that the fact that Bradford can probably beat anyone on the day, especially now they've got little um, Danny Bruff, I believe that he's got a fantastic rugby brain and, 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 and they'll do all right. But my point is that some, some of the teams out there are capable of going to, to lose and winning. And it's going to be a strange old season again. I believe the championship teams are just back in pre-season now, maybe two or three weeks. So we'll see how it pans out. Early form in the championship is going to dictate it. I, I don't think something like a team is going to come from June and, and win five on the bounce and, and, and it be good enough. I, I believe you've got to be there from the start in the championship this year and an early start is crucial. 
And if Toulouse are ready for it, they're ready for it. They were a shoo-in for Super League, so I'm sure they're a bit disappointed. But if they can knuckle down and find some away form this year, they could probably win the championship. But I don't think it'll be by more than four points. There we go. So we'll go into our bottom fours. So I will take reins with my bottom team is Oldham. I believe they're the newest team up with Whitehaven. They come up via the playoffs, didn't they, in 19? Mm-hmm. Well, technically Newcastle's your newest team, but yeah, yeah fair play. I, I, didn't, I didn't see much of them at the start of 20. We never met them on the pitch. I just, I, I never, I've, I've not seen them sign many. Um, my heart goes out to the player that's had to force to retire this year. Uh, little Eddie Smith. Yeah, my heart goes out to him. Um, I really hope they do something, Oldham. I like them as a club. You know, they've been in and around the Championship many, many seasons. They've just never seemed to really got hold of it by the scruff of the neck and managed to climb up the table. But I have gone for them bottom. And second bottom, I've gone for Whitehaven. Boo! Again, again with Whitehaven, it's the fact of the matter that they are so far away. They can probably turn a few teams over definitely with the squad that they've got but can can they travel well if they travel well there's no reason why they can't push higher up the table but personally I can't see them travelling well and I don't see them finish higher than second bottom um, third bottom for me I've got Swinton Lions again they're a hardened championship team they have shown so many times they know how to survive and not get relegated and and for me having that knack to be able to Stay up and, and, and win your games when it matters is something Swinton have just got in abundance. They've got a lovely set of loyal supporters that will get them over the line. And I think Swinton will stay up. And fourth bottom, I've got the new, new boys, Newcastle Thunder. Again, transitional period. They've got a new coach, Eamon O'Carroll. They've just come up to the championship. They're probably going to get taught a few lessons by some of the, some of the bigger boys, your Fevs, your Toulouse, that it's not going to be as easy as we've got a a big money backer and we can walk this league. We've seen many teams like Toronto do it. We've seen Lee would have probably done it if they'd have stayed in the championship. But Newcastle have just got to find their feet in the championship. They have to stay up. That's the ultimate first goal for them. The first season they've got to stay up. Then they've got to build. And and maybe by 2022, 2023, we will see an absolute brilliant team come out of them. And I completely agree with your statement earlier that they're doing cracking things up there and the expansion for the game and putting it on the map is superb. And I've got nothing, nothing but admiration for the Newcastle Thunder and I can't personally wait to go to Kingston Park and view it for myself. And I really hope that they do put it together and they stay up. So, yeah, that's for me. Can I have your bottom four, please, Lim? You can yes. have my bottom four. Sure. Um, to me, uh, you know, Oldham... Um, I've gone bottom for the simple reason of, uh, other than that victory against Whitehaven in 2020, they didn't show any signs of being a competitive championship outfit. Um, you know, there was there was no progression, as it were. Um, fair enough, you can't really judge it off five matches, but I just didn't seem to think that there was anybody in that field that's... Sean Penkovich esque, that sort of Jamie Dorn esque, Scott Morell, etc., that will guide them. Um, next bottom, uh, surprisingly, I've gone for Swinton. Um, I, I just I think that they've rode their luck for as many seasons as they can. 
Um, obviously, you know, they've lost the likes of Andy Maisie uh, to Rochdale. That board has gone to new board. Really rate Stuart Littler as a coach, but I just don't think that they will stay up this season. Um, purely on the fact that, you know, th- they've got a lot, a lot of young players coming in, but not much experience in that squad at the minute. Shoot me if I'm wrong sort of thing, you know. Um, again, this is just a prediction. Third bottom... Um, my nearest and dearest, Whitehaven. Um, personal opinion, I think riding an awful lot on these Australians being sort of, you know, K. Obst and Aaron Lester and like said, David Fatialofa standard. Personally, don't think there will be. However, when you've got somebody like Greg McNally backing from the back of the line, you've got a chance to beat anybody on any given day, whether that's, you know, uh, a Bradford in the league or possibly even a lucrative challenge cup tie against somebody like OKR. So they, the travel all right. Um, but again, I, I think for Whitehaven, it will be a case of how they do at home more than how they do away. Um, obviously, you know, the, the recreation ground has its, uh, has its perks for Whitehaven. It has its very, very, large amount of cons for the waysides. Um but yeah, I think Whitehaven will just scrape it and stay in that league next season. Um and fourth bottom uh is Batley for the simple reason of you know you, you lose oh, they've lost a, a couple of really, really good uh brains in that squad. Um but yeah I think Batley will finish fourth bottom. Whether Right. I don't think it'll be close, mind, between Batley and Whitehaven. Okay, so we'll go from fourth bottom, so tenth, uh-huh. I believe, to so we'll go to sixth. So we leave the top five, we leave the playoffs for last. So from tenth to sixth, I have gone for Batley Bulldogs, Dewsbury Rams, Sheffield Eagles, and the Bradford Bulls, and then the London Broncos. Reasons being, Batley, like you said, they've lost a few leaders on that pitch and obviously signings are not out of the way yet, so we could see some more come in. But as things stand right now, me sat here doing this prediction, I see Batley have lost too many and gained too little. Dewsbury just above them. Now, this is the snag because I think that Dewsbury are a massive surprise package. At the beginning of 2020, I had an absolute pleasure of watching them beat Halifax at this year and Lee Greenwood has got that team firing. They were so tough to break down. Halifax could have had another 20 minutes on the clock and they just wouldn't have got over. They were so resilient. The team spirit to work for each other was fantastic. So I could be wrong with Dewsbury there. Then I've gone for the Sheffield Eagles. Um, Again, Sheffield is just one of them teams that they either have a brilliant year, they have a poor one and I'm I'm going for a bit of mediocreness from Sheffield I don't know if they're playing back at the home ground this year I believe they may be possibly still at Doncaster so playing away from their home not attracting as many Sheffield fans because they're not playing in Sheffield could be a big part so just above Sheffield they've gone for the Bradford Bulls nothing nothing personal so to say with our rivalry on the pitch I just I don't see their squad as being the best it's been since they've been in the championship. I think Danny Brough can be a signing, but 
Can he perform? I, I believe if Danny Brough has come down from Super League to the Championship for one year in a lighter level league, he's highly, highly wrong because... For me, being a championship fan, I'll, I'll wave the championship flag a bit here. It is so much more physical than Super League. Mm. Super Super League is unbelievably head and shoulders a better standard of rugby. Quickness, sharpness, passing, kicking, Definitely. everything that Super League can do is is so much more. But in the championship, we're talking about working men. You know, the the players can be scaffolders nine till five. So when they get out on that pitch on a Sunday, they just there's a bit of male testosterone and... that needs released and your uh, your head's yeah, like end up on your backside if you're not careful. Yeah, and, and that's where my thought is going with Bradford. I just don't see their squad as of yet. Like I said, it still could be more signings through the door. I don't see their squad as the best it's been and I'm going to put them in a moderate seventh place. And in six, I've gone for the London Broncos. Now, London are a team that... They come down from Super League in 19. They didn't have a 20. Does that stall your momentum? They were pro- they were relegated from Super League on the highest amount of points ever. I think it was goal difference in the end that sent them down. Yeah, it was, yeah. So, so when you come down, your ultimate game is to get the next season out of the way and go straight back up. That's been taken away from London. It's also been taken away from you know, the likes of Whitehaven and Oldham coming up. Their, their ultimate goal is to get kicked on and stay up. And, and it's been taken away. So does it stall some momentum? They've lost a few players. I don't really see them gaining many. But as I keep mentioning, there is more time to come for signings. So, yeah, I believe it will be travel that kills London massively. Squad depth is going to be key this year and I just don't think they've got it yet. So that is me, Batley, Dewsbury, Sheffield, Bulls and London in that order. So we're going from nine till six, is it, or nine or five? Nine till six, we leave the top five. Right, so I have from nine to six in ninth, I've got Newcastle Thunder. Um, Think they'll do all right. I think that... um, uh, artificial turf at Kingston Park will be a big bonus for Newcastle. Um, I know you've got London Broncos and uh, Witness that play on that grounds as well, but for other teams, especially towards the lower end of the league, I think they'll they'll get their points there. Personally, above Newcastle, uh, I've gone for Dewsbury in eighth again. Same, pretty much same reason as you. Um, I think what will take away from Dewsbury's performances is if they have to sh- ground chase still with um, Bradford uh, again could be completely wrong with that one but we'll, we'll see seventh um, is London Broncos pretty much you know similar reasons to yourself lost a couple of good uh, players think you know when they did go up from the championship Jared Samet was an absolute god for London Um you know, and got wrong. them th- and got them through that. Um, and then in sixth, um, I've took. Uh, I think is that sixth? I remember ninth, eighth, seventh, six. Yeah, so it's just Cumbrians. We can't count past five. Um, Sheffield Eagles again. Sheffield. Uh, we had the the pleasure of playing the Eagles in the Challenge Cup uh, the week before the first lockdown in March. And again, the one of these sides for me, the blow hot and cold, but yeah. not season to season, more match to match. You know, um, I think they've beaten Bradford Bulls the previous week, twenty-seven nil. 
Um, and we we sort of lost at Newcastle, 30 points to 22. And you look at that and you just sort of think, holy, you know, we're going to get our rear ends, handy do's on a plate uh, and slid back to Cumbria sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was something like 34-20 uh, that Sheffield beat was in the end. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it was a topsy-turvy match. But no, um, for me, Sheffield finished there uh, in sixth. Yeah, nice one. So, the all-important playoff positions in the top five. So, I'll start with fifth and work up to first. So, in fifth place, I've got the Witness Vikings. Now, the last time we saw Witness play some... A full season of rugby, they started again with minus 12 points. You take away their minus 12 points and they're nearly up there, you know what I mean? I think they'd have finished sixth, so they weren't too far away. They've made some very smart, acute decisions with their transfers, so to speak. I think they've acted diligently in the market so far. They've not over-signed and got some world-beaters in, but I think they'll do all right. I really do. Um, and again, Going away to witness is always tough. That that, that pitch is a killer. <laughs> so my apologies yeah. to the Bulls fans. I uh, completely forgot about you. I shall put you above Sheffield Eagles on the promise of um, whether it's Austral or uh, the Tetley's Stadium. I think it is at Dewsbury now. Yeah. Um, that's not bad considering I haven't been for five years. But anyway, um, whether it's Austral. Oh, the Tetley Stadium, I just think Bradford, under John Keir, um will produce probably the shock package um, more than anything else. I, I really do like John as a coach. Um, but yeah, so apologies to the Bulls fans. You'll go above Sheffield. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I've got witness fifth. Um Moving up to fourth, I've got the Halifax Panthers, they're now known as. Um, our rebrand has happened. Finally, we've wanted it for years in the stands. Um, just personal note that needed. The club announced, I think it was, about two months into the first lockdown that we'd hit some financial problems. Now, many teams had the jeers over it, the laughs, but it was a serious thing and it had many, many fans worried that you know we wouldn't have a team to field next season. But by some way of a miracle, we've come through it and we're coming out fighting. Now, when we lost Morel and we lost Tyra, Tyra was something like 80 points off being our top top try scorer. That was, was definitely a problem at Facts, wasn't it? Yeah, a top point scorer. And it took many fans by shock, to say the least. But Myself, the thing we I had... Yeah, yeah, and and the reasoning behind it is if you look at it on paper, Tyra was signed by Carl Harrison in 2013 and Scott Morell in 2012. So Richard Marshall kept them, obviously massive influential players at the club. So when Grix has come in, he's come in halfway through 2019. We underperformed massively in 2019. We finished eighth in the championship, um, but we managed to make it to the Challenge Cup semi. So... We didn't have the wiggle room in central funding um, because of our low league position to really act in the market. Um, so, yeah, facts will got rid of them players. It took everyone by shock. But what Grix has done now, he's cleared out a load of players. He's assembled his own team. I think it is a very strong team on paper. You know, if it worked for Toronto, you know, 
having their predicament. We won't have Worthington, Gadwin Springer. We've signed very well. I hope there is a couple more to come. And if we can, you know, play some good rugby league and produce what we know we can produce, we will finish in that top five. I've got no doubt of it. Third, I've gone for York. They've signed very well. Quite a few ageing props from Super League. Mm. If they can keep them fit, you know, they've got a new stadium, make it a fortress. No doubt they will be in the top. Second place, I have gone for Featherson. Again, very, 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 very competitive squad. No reason they can't finish top. If they can better to lose home and away, I believe that means they will finish top. Um, but for now, I've gone for him second because to lose is one of the most horribly difficult away games for a player. Brilliant as a fan. Um, and top, I have gone for to lose Olympique yourself. So, um, above Bradford, I have gone for Widnes. It pains me to see Widnes in the Championship, and this is no disrespect to the Championship as a competition. Um, but, you know, going back through the history of the of the club, it really does pain me to see them in the Championship. But, again, fifth place for me. Um, you're talking about the business end of the Championship now. They've got some very good players in that squad. However... You know, as you've seen at the start of 2020, they were getting uh, knocked left, right and centre by Whitehaven and it was only, you know, the last sort of five to ten minutes where, you know, Tim Sheens sort of got them uh, them through it with his tactical now. They haven't got Tim Sheens now. But yeah, I still think them, I still see them uh, finishing in the playoffs <laughs> in front of Bradford, uh, might add. Next, yep. um, we've gone for the um, the Pussycats, uh, sorry, the Panthers, rather, Halifax. <laughs> you man, uh, you. Again, you know, um, it's it's a bit like sort of the bottom four in League One. There's a lot of transitional uh, things happening at Halifax at the moment. Uh, so, witness and Halifax, to me, could change around. Um, you know, but again, I think they'll, they'll do well, you know, um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking that the Greeks' brother that is playing is now part of the coaching staff as well. Yes, he is, mate. He is. He's uh, a joint assistant with uh, Sharif. Yeah. And for third place, um, I've took Featherston. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry to the uh, flat cappers. I've gone for Featherston in third for the simple reason... Um, I was watching a documentary actually on Featherston from uh, last year and it was one of these behind the sheds sort of things. Yeah. I personally think, and I don't know whether it's a set uh, within Featherston as a, a camp or just because they are Feb Rovers, I personally think they take some of the, quote, lesser teams a bit too, oh, well, we just have to turn up here and win. So yeah. that is why I think they finished third. Second, um, I've gone for York. You know, they've, they've got a few ageing players in them. Um, 2020, they were... Um, them and Whitehaven finished bottom. I don't think that was a true reflection. I think York had a lot of issues um, that were going on behind the scenes. So I, I, I put York second. And, yeah, to lose... It's, you know, a fabulous squad, fabulous stadium, brilliant away trip if you're a fan 
if you're one of those poor 17 that's got to trundle onto the pitch at anywhere from 28 degrees to 40 degrees, God bless you. And I think ultimately that will give, give them promotion to the Super League as well in 2021 at the end of that season. Ah, well, I do not go for Toulouse being promoted. I go for Featherstone to be promoted as much as it pains me to say it. Featherstone? I, I go for Fev to beat Toulouse in the player final. I think if they can get there, they'll have the pedigree to not lose another. Here's Play. a question. Yep. Here's a question for you then. Do you think Super League will have Featherstone Rovers in it? The Super, Super League can't say no to Featherstone Rovers in it if they get promoted. Have they got the facilities, etc.? 100%, mate. Featherstone Rovers have got the facilities better than some teams in Super League right now, i.e. Castleford, Wakefield. I shall rescind the statement then. Good luck to Featherstone if they get the Super League. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it's no, no disrespect if you've not visited Featherstone for a while. It's, it's one of them. They'll get mocked till the cows come home for having a second-hand stand. But that second-hand stand, you know, it, it holds a 1,000 people. It's completely safe. It's got a certificate. I, I question how on earth Castleford fans can, can get in that so-called main stand still to this day. It, Castleford's ground it says... Is that the it one that reminds, looks like a, a park? Um, yeah, well, yeah, it's Menderhose Jungle, I believe it is. It's it's, yeah, it's just it, old. It's, like, it's, yeah. it's the same with Wakefield. I know they've got redevelopment plans in, and Castleford have meant to have been having a new stadium built, but this was the uproar when people saw that Featherson had bid as being accepted. They said that their facilities weren't good enough, but Fev's ground is it's, it's really good, and it's one of the rare grounds where you can you know change ends at half-time. Yeah, and and it's fine. And there's there's other issues fans will highlight with Featherstone, but I must say that in 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 this decade, I've never had an issue going featherweight. Never. Every club's honest, got his minority. To be honest, last time I went to Featherstone, I think the only thing that I could have maybe said this will stop them getting anywhere uh, was the fact that the seated stand. You ended up like sardines, but apparently, according to a friend of mine from the radio, that has now dramatically changed. So, yeah, we've got Widnes, Halifax, York, Featherston, and Toulouse, really, in any of that order. Best of luck to them. And that is your 2021 predictions for League One and the Championship. Yeah, man. So, nice one for coming on. Um, check out Rugby League Daily page if you've not seen give us a like follow share to your friend 